0: You're listening to Limitless Leaders Podcast. Accelerate your mindset, collaboration, and performance by developing limitless self-leadership, leaders, teams, and organizations. Now, over to your host, Renee Geruso.
1: And welcome to the Limitless Leaders podcast, wherever you're viewing from or listening in around the world. As always, we appreciate your feedback and I'm super excited to introduce you to today's guest. So today I have the amazing Michael Batura. and Michael is the founder and chief happiness officer at his business that's called Healthy, sorry, Happy Habits Coaching. So he founded Happy Habits Coaching um, to provide mindfulness-based coaching and training to executives and teams. Um, and his philosophy and the practice of around the core of his work is that the idea of, of positive neuroplasticity, you know, how with the right kind of practice, we can rewire the brain to become less inclined to fear and avoid and be more open, I guess, to embrace and engage. Michael's facilitated individual and mastermind programs for people that are invariably successful. They tick all the boxes in terms of what our culture and society tells them should lead them to fulfilment and happiness, and yet they still get up in the morning wondering, is this all, you know, that there is to life, or why they're not managing to feel a sustainable sense of happiness. Some people he works with are looking for grounding in practice, others for purpose and for meaning. And today I'm just just so happy to have you here Michael. Welcome.
0: Thanks. I'm really excited to be on the on the show, on the podcast.
1: Yeah, like we we interview guests from all around the world in all different disciplines and I know we had a conversation prior to this and really fascinated with the work that you do and it really aligns with how our whole limitless leadership, you know, model about unlearning, relearning and evolving. And Mm. I think that's, you know, a lot of the work that you do. So we've got lots of people out there listening or watching, because we have this in visual and audio um, that, you know, are leaders, business owners in, you know, executive roles, or could be entrepreneurs doing something in a different field I guess mm. I'd love to ask you, you know, just briefly, how have you got to where you are today and doing what you currently do?
0: Mm, mm, of course, um, I, I think there were two elements that contributed to that. One was a one was a bit more conscious than the other. <laughs> um, and so, so when I was young, I grew up in a, in, you know, I grew up in a different culture, and and for the length of time that I was in that culture. I kind of knew myself to be the story that I sort of you know, grew up into. you know, mm-hmm. you're part of this culture and you're part of this nationality and 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 there was a sense of of a self or an identity that was very much cohesive with what was going on there. And yet, because of local troubles and situations where I was growing up, there was also a sense of unease. And, and uh, you, you know, sort of a, essentially grew up in the Middle East. It's a troubled area. And yeah. and uh, so I had this, this uh, experience of kind of thinking that I know who I am and at the same time feeling very unsettled. Um, and then I started traveling around my 20s and it suddenly became um, apparent to me that what I thought I knew about myself and what I thought about, I, uh, about how I show up in the world was actually a very specific narrative
1: yeah. because
0: that's what I knew as myself, right? And it wasn't until I got a reference point outside that narrative that, uh, that, uh, that it allows me to think, well, okay, but if, if if my narrative only fits within particular context of culture and nation, who am I actually when I'm not in there, right? Who am I in Australia? Who am I in Asia? Who am I, you know, in other yeah. contexts, right? And at that age, I don't think I had the maturity to sort of understand that, um, but that drive was there to sort of try and understand, you know, who am I essentially? And that led me to, you know, sort of the the, the usual kind of walkabout of attending retreats and reading books and, and, and working with therapists and trying to figure out, you know who am I so to speak. Yeah. So that was um that was the 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 less conscious sort of drive. I knew that something was wrong, but I wasn't sure what it is and I was looking mm. for answers. And then as I got on with my, my life, I became uh I, I first worked as a therapist for about 12 years as a somatic therapist. Yes. And then I, I moved on to management jobs and I, I did senior management jobs in not for profits. It became apparent to me that most of the angst that we feel has to do with the way that we relate to our experience. In other words, we have a certain conversations in our head and that conversation dictates our experience with what's going on. And so I dug deeper and deeper into trying to understand, well, like what makes that conversations more resourceful how can i change the way i think about things Mm. in a way that makes me feel you know happier and and more engaged and more interested and less impacted by the ups and downs in life because life is unpredictable and it goes up and then it goes down right so so that was the more conscious sort of drive and if you put those two together uh, I, I'm really, you know, I'm humbled by having that experience, but I have about, you know, sort of like a few decades of sort of trying to understand yeah. what makes us think in the way we are and how can we think in a way that makes us happier. And that's the background for it.
1: I love that. I love that. So that it's been really a lot of an inner an inwards discovery around, you know, we, we do, we grow up with these societal norms and this narrative that we, th- well, narrative, sorry, that we think is set in stone and it's not. Mm. And I sort of look at you, and it's even some of the work we do, it's thinking about the way you think and being open to the fact that that can change to serve you based on where you're at because we're always changing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And if I may throw just a little sort of touch point here, which is really interesting, There's there's a psychologist called Lisa Miller who works out, I think, out of uh out of the one of the ivy league universities in the u.s uh Mm -hmm. uh, colombia i think and she she founded a center called center for mind body and spirit in that university and brought the whole idea of a spiritual inquiry as part of psychological wellness Mm. one of the fascinating things she discovered is that we actually have circuits in our brain Mm. that are particularly looking to kind of wake up and start working around the age of being a teen.
1: Yeah. and
0: At that point, if the society doesn't facilitate what used to be in the past, um, rites of passages and training for teen- teenagers to sort of understand how to show up as a young adult in the world, those circuits don't get, you know, kind of like the the engagement that they're looking for. They're actually looking for this self-awareness to become yeah. self-aware, to understand it. And 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 so it's really important for us to to look for ways to engage with those circuits and bring out a sense of self that is more aware, um, more present, and allows us to curate our relationship with the present moment rather than be a complete you know sort of victim of it, which most of us yeah. unfortunately kind of um, do.
1: It does happen. I, I've I've felt that I'm on a bit of a. Um spiritual awakening, awakening myself i've always been very spiritual very aware very in touch and i think i'm sure you'd agree especially with the last few years we've all gone on into this survival mode
0: yeah.
1: um, and not really looking inwards there's a lot of outward connection not a lot of inwards connection or what i call whole connection mm. so how do how do people if people who are listening to this and said you know, I feel yeah, I'm on this treadmill of life, and I really want to go a bit more inwards and raise my self awareness. What's what's a strategy or a tool someone listening to this could implement?
0: Mm, that's a beautiful question. Um, so, so if 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 we start to contemplate our daily experience, what we realize is that we we kind of drive the vehicle, this vehicle, in an unconscious way. In other words we continuously are in our experience. We can only be in our experience in the present moment. But most of the time, we're not present in that experience. Instead of it, we're running scripts in our heads. Mm -hmm. Most of those scripts are kind of on automatic pilot. They're they're sort of a, 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 a collage of past experiences and scripts that we sort of adapted as we grew up. Uh, and most of the time we spend our, our, our uh, you know, sort of a waking time in thinking about stuff that happened in the past mm-hmm. and projecting stuff into the future and kind of trying to control what's going on for us right now through projecting that script and seeing, okay, well, what can I manipulate or how can I change or how can I, you know, sort of do this better, but it's mm-hmm. all out of that assumed continuity of self that is that is you know feels like who we are but it's really made that just out of a bunch of thoughts
1: oh yeah so
0: if if you start to um moment by moment see if you can uh, trigger yourself to become a little bit more aware as you are doing something in other words um, you're not just engaged i'm not just engaging in a conversation with renee but there's a part of me that's observing myself engaging in a conversation with Renee. Mm. I I start to create a little bit of space between that ongoing, droning kind of mm. thoughts narrative that just pass through the head all the time. Um, you know, depends on which research you look at. Some people suggest twenty thousand. Some people suggest up to eighty thousand. But there's a lot of thoughts going on in everyone's of everyone's head every day, and most of it we're not even aware of it. We live the experience of thinking it. <laughs> but we're not aware of the experience of thinking it. Yeah. And so looking for a way to become a little bit more conscious of being in a thought process as I'm interacting with my reality yeah. is kind of like the first step, this this developing this capacity to observe. And mm-hmm. this can be done, um, you know, just by either having like little triggers. For example, you could put a, a little, you know, sort of a little symbol or a sign on your computer that says, remember to, to breathe or remember to, yeah. you know, like be present or whatnot, or indeed, and this is the recommended pathways, I would say, take some sort of an ongoing practice, 10 minutes a day, 20 minutes a day Mm -hmm. of of self-reflection, and that brings the muscle in it. It sort of builds up that capacity.
1: You're creating a habit, I mean, hence your business name. I'm a a big big believer in habits, that every habit has a trigger. So what you're saying is actually creating thought habits and trigger points to to see yourself, uh, observe yourself. That's the key word that stood out there, which yes. resonated with me because it's, you're right, we do all these things and think something's driving it, but we don't stop and look at, I call it the DJ in our head.
0: Yeah, I love that expression. Yeah, Can I because use I, think, that? That's <laughs> I think
1: it's the DJ and unfortunately, the voice in our head is our voice. So we tend to listen to it, yeah. but it's really not us. Yeah. Yeah just yeah. a collection of your past you know your experience
0: these are voices that we yeah. assimilated yeah right from from early experiences in which voices of people who were important mm-hmm. in our life our caregivers our parents or whoever was a prominent sort of figure in our life in early childhood yeah. they had certain conversations that they were sort of professing in their experience with their in- in reality and we kind of listened to that and we adopted those to to you know repeat them because that's how we learned language and we yeah. also actually adopted both the emotional and the, the the construct that went you know with those in terms of like my belief system in the world so so we certainly are, you know we grew up in a certain garden and we showed for the kind of nourishment that we got from that ground Mm. In the voices that shows up through our head.
1: Yeah, it's fast. It's absolutely fascinating. And look, I it's all re- everything you're saying is resonating with me. I'm really as pe- I know my listeners know this. I do a lot of this in the work that we do. Mm. And I think it's just so important. And it's becoming it's come to the surface a lot more the last few years. There is a there's such an awakening happening. Without getting too deep, it, it's yes. there. Yeah, I I, I remember Michael. Um, 17 years ago when I started my my business if I did a values elicitation or said to leaders what are your values they just looked at me like values was a bit esoteric now I can go in and do breath work we do mindful moments in our workshops to get people to go inwards yeah Um, and we have a lot of left-brain clients lawyers and engineers and they love it so I Mm. think we're at this exciting time where we're realising things don't have to be the way they are and they don't have to stay the the way they are. Yeah, I always say too, you know, the past is a graveyard and I'm a big believer in learning from the past. That's all Mm. if mindset work. But the future isn't guaranteed. All we have is now. And I think when I always say that to myself, it really makes me go, everything that happens now will determine what's going to happen next. Yeah. So observing, you mentioned just taking 10 minutes. It could be journaling, meditating. It could be sitting in the garden. It could just be, I know for me, having a bath. Yeah. Where I'm only in there 15 minutes, but I just zone out. So it's finding that sacred space for you and what works for you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And in a sense, if you if you think about it, it's not so much that you're zoning out, you're actually zoning in, right? In. Like you become
1: that's what pregnant. I mean. Yeah. The
0: sensual experiences, experiences that that appeal to our senses are actually really good at that mm. because we can only have a sensual or an emotional experience which is right now. We tend to do stuff with it in our head. Yes. but the actual moment, moment to experience, as it unfolds, both on a somatic and an emotional level, happens in the present moment and so those are gateways for us right what am i feeling right oh. now what am i sensing right now oh i feel oh i love the, you know the experience of the water on my body or you know like i'm feeling upset at the moment okay let me be with that upset because yeah. the, tens- the, the, the the tendencies of those experiences to rise up and then go and rise up and then go and it allows us to sort of tune into that present moment just by being, by being in yes. in the experience of what happens on our emotions or on but in our bodies.
1: And that's important, isn't it? Like we all have to keep soldiering on and we, you know, we do need to get on with things, but mm. we need it's I always say to people, if you're having a down day or you're not feeling right, let let that be the case. Just don't make it every day, especially if you're leading a team. Yeah. But you've got we've got to feel almost have self empathy. You know, empathy comes Very from much. the German word, which means feeling in, yeah. right?
0: yeah so indeed, some indeed. empathy
1: some self-empathy you know i think it's a bit yeah. deeper, almost in self-compassion
0: yes absolutely yeah. um, can I, I can i highlight an aspect here that is really quite important to understand and that is that our brains uh, our brain evolved the human brain has evolved in a very particular condition mm-hmm. and essentially that condition meant that we were an animal living on the savannah trying to survive in small groups Mm. And at that point, you could see us less as the, you know, the dominating force that we are as a super ape that, you know, sort of like top of the kind of the hierarchy of nature and more as a sort of middle layer, you know, food (laughs) for, for, for um, uh, predators. In other words, we were more like zebras than we were like lions. Mm -hmm. And so the human brain at that point was very much geared towards where is the danger? And its its priority is not whether we're happy or not, whether not whether we're fulfilled or not, not whether we kind of like actuate ourselves or you know sort of really bring my value and my purpose to the world, which are brilliant. But essentially, your brain is more on the lookout of you know what's dangerous and how can I survive it. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you look at the content of our thinking, mm. variably that content tend to kind of lean into the negative the fearful the expectant of the you know the things that are going to go wrong rather than the positive because there's no value there is no um there's no lasting value in you know being happy but there is a lot of lasting value in being careful to survive right and so about 80 percent of our thoughts on average tend to be negative Yes, And unless we learn to cultivate and strengthen the inner muscles of self-compassion, self-awareness, being kind to ourselves, being kind to other people, yeah. we're going to spend a lot of our time feeling quite miserable because the brain is better surviving being miserable because cool. there might be tigers out there.
1: Yeah, And that's, that's what we're trying to do. That's so pretty. And, and, uh, and that sort of makes me think about, you know, feedback. We do a lot with feedback. You know, mm. I, think, I think feedback, no such thing as failure, only feedback. But it's funny isn't it like as human beings how often do we we get great feedback and there might be one little thing that's not 100% but that's yeah. what we focus on
0: Yeah. So because we're that's of, what the brain's supposed to do.
1: Yeah, we're wired for that fight yeah, or flight. Yeah,
0: yeah. If you walk on the savanna in the middle of the day and there are 100 fruit trees around you the brain is not looking for the fruit tree the brain is looking for the one line yeah. And it's continuously <laughs> scoping for, you know, where is the danger? Where is the danger? Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a fruit tree. Good. I might engage with it. I might eat some fruit. Mm-hmm. But I'm not so worried about it. I'm worried about where is the lion going to come from? And that's what I'm focused on.
1: So would you say for people that do that, and a lot do, and I always say for people going through change, you know, and we're all going through constant change, Focus on what you have got, not what's missing. Is that the same sort of strategy that you'd say to use for that as far as when you... Mm. Think-
0: you could say that. I think I think that you, you, <clears throat> you'll you be better off, you know, sort of like adopting a, a almost like a matrix of strategies yeah. that allow you to continuously lean away from that negative tendency and into the positive tendency. So, for example... Uh, a really good inquiry self inquiry is that when we uh when we engage with something and we worried or we concerned or we fearful or we feel that something is not in our control again looking from that sort of observer capacity ask ourselves questions like okay well what is really alive right now is it just my projection of thinking about it or is there danger uh, is there in evidence? The real time right is that real because most of the time it's not I think it was um, uh, Mark Twain who said, you know, in my life, I, I'm not quoting verbatim, but in my life I've gone through many horrors. What have, I've lived through many horrors, What most of which we have never happened. In yeah, other words, it's yeah. our thinking that creates that kind of like, oh, you know, this is going to go wrong, right? So, so developing the awareness to understand what's real and what's not, how much of it is just yeah. in our thoughts and how much of it is real. Um, another good question is, is it going to make a difference? Is it matter to me? In thirty years' time, what yeah. I'm going through now, and it seems like oh, you know, this Use is terrible.
1: that one. Yes. Is it really
0: that terrible? It just happens to be that right now it feels terrible, and you tend to sort of focus on yeah. that.
1: Yeah. Another
0: really important aspect, and that 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 sort of um, practice uh, that uh, Rick Henson suggests and, and curates so beautifully is this mm-hmm. idea of positive neuroplasticity. In other words, how do we train the mind to notice more? the good positive experiences which actually fill our day most of the day. You know, most of us very lucky, yeah. especially in Australia. But I, I dare say that the people who are listening to this You know, are are the people who generally are fairly lucky in their life if they have the time to do that they're not cracking stones for you know to to put a meal on the table for 14 hours a day and they're not Mm -hmm. you know they're not dealing with really really difficult life situation in the sense that they they have some time to take off and self-reflect through podcasts you know that makes you think and, and reflect so so if that's the case then you are likely to have a lot of great moments in your life, but they might not be very high in terms of their intensity. But your coffee, your cup of coffee in the morning with you know oh, yeah. with, a, with a Danish, or or just yeah. going outside your house and you look around and you go, oh my god, there's you know there's this beautiful nature around me. Can I just stop for a sec and appreciate it? And you want to dial up, yeah. your ability to to internalize and appreciate. Uh, you, you know, those all those moments which we have probably hundreds of every day mm-hmm. and we're not actually taking them in. So, well, that, goes, so
1: that goes into gratitude. We do Yes, absolutely. Gratitude
0: there. is it, yeah.
1: The gift yeah, of absolutely. gratitude. Gratitude and optimism underlies resilience, right? So, yes,
0: indeed, indeed.
1: Um, and, you know, I'm sure you've got lots of statistics too, like gratitude, the well-being aspects of it are phenomenal, you know. Yeah people in gratitude and I always say who and what are you grateful for we actually kick off all our meetings like that and Mm. workshops because it gets people in a forward thinking Mm. So some great things there so it's yeah being in gratitude focusing on what you do have Mm. taking the time to be aware being an observer of yourself and I think another one Michael I know you do a lot of work around as well is reframing yeah. Um, our thoughts are so powerful. So I think it's really paying attention to, you know, how are you speaking to yourself because usually we're our harshest critics. So having those 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 reframes. I know, I know in the middle of COVID, when people are going, I'm so lonely, years ago I would have said, Oh no, but I said, Who can you connect with? Mm. So just really having those curiosity open questions instead of statements can help yes. provocate observe yeah. and then and then bringing that new way of thinking which is amazing, amazing. yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. And, and, and understanding what is in your control right yes. like we we spend a lot of time trying to control the circumstances mm. Which are completely out of our control, yeah. right? If, right? If I mean, you know, maybe the next minute is. But, if, you know, if you thought you had control in, two, in the early 2020, I think the planet proved very clearly that we have no control. No one planned for this pandemic. No. And within three months, it shut down the world, right? So so the question is then, okay, well, what can we control? And we can control what we focus on. Yeah. We yeah, can't so. control what we tell ourselves about what's going on. We can control the actions that we take in response. So, yeah. so if we bring ourselves back from continuously just being obsessed with, oh, you know, it's not so, it doesn't really suit my, you know, my mm-hmm. reality doesn't suit my expectation. And now I'm going to spend a lot of time trying to, you know, change reality so it suits my expectation and say, okay, well, what is in my control right now and what is not? And all the time we have the right and the capacity. to change how we think about something that is that is
1: that's the one choice we all have a
0: superpower that we all have we can change the way that we perceive something
1: and and that's where
0: we got the freedom to kind of grow
1: and it's amazing because you you're right i always say the one thing we have doesn't matter what age gender nationality we have our thoughts Mm. i've always said our thoughts create our feelings and emotions and therefore our outcomes so always always go back to your thoughts because I think so many people label label feelings as thoughts mm. yeah you know, I thought <laughs> like yeah right I, I did a post on this one so don't label your feelings as thoughts feelings are, are the result of what you're thinking so yeah I'm feeling sad you're just gonna feel sadder but what about saying what thoughts were I thinking before I had yeah. this emotion yeah. and I'm flipping the script so yeah. that you get a different outcome. Yeah, It's exciting when you look at it like that. I, yes. I just love, love. And and Touch, I wanted to ask you, Michael, like we do a bit of what we call m braining multiple-braining. So I do a lot of coaching around head, heart, and intuition, so bringing mm-hmm. in three and balancing them. Do you think, you know, in this fast-paced world, and I know in Australia and a lot of countries, you know, there's inflation, you know, there's a lot going on. Do mm. you think that sometimes makes us lead or speak or just think from the head and not bring in the heart, the compassion or the intuition, the knowing? And we just end up, I say, just being head, head thinkers? Mm. Think yeah,
0: I, th- I think, unfortunately, we live in a society where we're trained mm. to operate at that level. Yeah. Right. the idea of being emotional is, as, as you know sort of like the whole person in the workplace is not encouraged right in fact if you're too emotional that seems to be kind of like you know derided
1: yeah, right the right. idea
0: of intuition yeah. using intuition to, for decision making is pretty tricky right like like because you cannot justify it it's not rational mm. or whatever and um and so uh sorry there's someone at the door
1: uh-huh. that
0: always uh, <laughs> can, can, can we just uh, can you yeah just sorry about yep. that yep. yeah so, yeah sorry um how do we allow ourselves to trust mm. that our experience in the present moment has got the head the heart the intuition and even if it's not proof and even if it's not like something that i know i'm totally in control of i to- totally know how to do that there is a there is a natural intelligent in me and there's a natural intelligence in groups and i can allow myself to explore that and be curious about it and be comfortable like you said failure is feedback
1: yeah. if, you
0: know, like we're so worried about you know not doing the right thing but if 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 the right thing is always the right thing in terms of either it's mm. either it's something I can learn to develop a power or I can learn to develop yeah. a knowledge or I can get inspired by yeah. all of that stuff is available if we just kind of relax around this idea of Surrender. Oh, I just got to calculate the right answer and there's yeah. only one right answer.
1: Oh yeah, you're right, and it's just sitting with it. And you know, I always, yeah. and I'm I'm very intuitive. And mm. I found the last few years I've gone really survival mode
0: mm.
1: um, so I'm very much when I'm making decisions and I suggest this to all especially the one-on-one work I do when you've got a decision to make you know what's the data the rationale the logic the consequence that's all the mm. head stuff yeah then, what am I feeling who is this going to affect how does mm. it make me feel yes what am I knowing what do I believe to be true and you can work yes. through these three areas and I love the word you use, which is trust. I think trust comes before awareness. Yes. I used to think it was the other way around. If you become aware, you can be more trusting of others and self. But now I think if you have that trust, then your awareness is amplified. Yes. Other way.
0: Yeah. 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 And and it is a beautiful class of experiences or states well you need to do more of it in order to develop that capacity yeah. so in order to be yeah. more trusting you need to be able to trust you need to yeah. you, yes. you, you trust and so you allow yourself to experience the outcomes of trust mm-hmm. and trust that outcome right so yeah. and it's similar with kindness you know in order to develop the capacity to be kinder you yeah. need to be kind um yeah. and, and so on so so like
1: it's the irony in our expertise, I call that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, essentially, here, here is the kind of the crux of it, right? And that yep. is knowing that at any given moment, what is a problem is also potentially the gift that yeah. will give something else. Yeah. And you know what? Even if it's not true, it's a much better mindset to adopt.
1: Well, that's the gift seeing- mindset, Michael. That's what Pardon? my book that's what all my work's about. The gift right. set <laughs> is all about unwrapping the gift, being open to unwrap the gift in yeah. changing situations and people and positive situations and people. Yes. Filling down the lesson, the gift. And then we have the 12 gifts. That they fall into. That's right. Yes. No, I remember we
0: chatted about that before. Yes.
1: Deepen and develop. And look, it's, you know, sometimes we, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. When COVID hit, when my sister got ill, I was like, what? It was. I was writing my book at the time. I was like, what is the gift in this? And I think sometimes gifts are hidden. Sometimes they're in the past. Sometimes you have to actually unwrap them and move through them before you can actually appreciate what they are.
0: Mm, yeah. Yeah. So there is an inherent gift in realizing we're not in control.
1: Yeah. Because
0: we spend so much time trying to control stuff.
1: It's a right? different
0: And, and, and so and so exploring that, I'll I'll give you another example. There is a there is a real gift in understanding that we're interconnected. Yeah. Like yeah. whether you agree yeah. with the policies or not, this yeah. the essence of what happened to us in 2020, 2021 is that we needed to literally curtail possibly damage often damage our own life Mm. in order to protect someone that we don't even know
1: yeah
0: how grand is that in the biggest scheme of things where everything is so focused on me and mine and you know like benefit myself where suddenly all of us has to kind of like surrender to this idea that the interconnectedness of our experience is so complicated and so Um, you know uh, aligned with each other that we now have to think about how do I you know how do I do it how do I change my own life yeah so other people can live that's a I think that was a very big sort of moment in that sense
1: that's massive like if that hasn't taught us that we are all connected um, I don't don't know what will
0: well hopefully it it did and and, and, you know we we're learning from it long lessons in other words it's not just it's not just a blip of the pandemic but what how did it affect you know sort of work environment how did it affect appreciating relatives right like there's a lot of stuff or even look look how many zoom calls have you have you been on in the last three or four years where suddenly Instead of you know regularly meeting with people who are familiar with you, you suddenly see this plethora of faces from all over the world on the same calls, and like just on that level itself, you know, the idea that we're suddenly sharing ideas and spaces and conversations Wait, with people what? who are very different to us that's a that's a boon that we haven't had it you know before, uh, often here in Australia, you know, maybe a bit more used to it, but generally right around the world, you know, beautiful mm. kind of salad of faces in most.
1: It's amazing. Yeah. And, yeah, people I've met that I would never have met, you know. Like, right. it. So, look, speaking on, we might have to have a part two, but speaking about lessons and things, what, what would be one or two of the lessons or the gifts that you've sort of things you've been through and what did you learn out of it? Because I think a lot of the time we look at what we've been through if it's challenging and we go tick. And To me, that's an event. We've Mm. got to go, we've got to unwrap it to actually appreciate the experience and then go, how can I use, you know, the the pandemic taught me a million things, but I've always been very resilient. The resilience I had to have to get through that. Mm. I know now I could get through anything Mm. and I learned all these other different strategies that now I teach other people. So it's the gift that keeps giving what would be one or two of the yes. life's lessons?
0: Okay. Um. um w- one thing, uh, I'll say two things indeed. So the first one is this idea that we don't see our relationship with our experience as a preordained, what I would call an orientation towards an organizing principle so we perceive the words through our belief system it's a little bit like uh, uh what would be a good example robert keegan uh know the the, the, um, the lecture of robert keegan he talks about this idea that you drive a car and you look at the road and to you you think you in you know to, to your experience you think you're interacting with what's coming up on the road but what you're not seeing is that you continuously all the time look through the windscreen you don't see the windscreen but that is what you're looking through and our personality our belief systems our ideas about how the world are is is not something that we're conscious of but it it translates what we see to something that we can comprehend because the brain is actually quite a miser in terms of um, you know analyzing and 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 putting together the understanding of what's going on and it does it by creating shortcuts Mm. and and taking the stuff that fits our belief system it's easier it's quicker for the brain to digest our 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 biases right and so um, this orientation toward an organizing principle is the way that we look for how to understand the world and that's very useful for us but know that you are in control of that orientation and ask yourself you know what can you do that could change that and i'll give you a very quick story just as an example Many years ago, I was working in Bangkok and and I I noticed uh, that there were in some of those big flyovers, you know, like four lanes on each side and then a big yeah. flyover in the middle. Sometimes there was a very poor family living in one of those. And it suddenly hit me that for a child that grows up in that reality, all they see, because they, they, they stay small, right? Yeah. All they see is just cars going at that. You know, imagine that all you saw in your life is just cars going at that level, across your face all the time, and the noise and the pollution, and this, you know, like like just pretty dreadful kind of experience to grow up in. And I thought, oh my God, I, I, I can never ever complain about my circumstances. Oh, like, like there's sense. people in the world who grow up in the most atrocious circumstances. And the reason why I thought it is because I saw a group of children doing that and smiling and laughing. And I thought, and wow, like, mm-hmm. like humanity is so resilient, it just adapts. Yeah, but you know. I'm very lucky because I don't have to adapt to that extreme. So yeah. gratitude, in a sense, to all the good stuff that we have, is a really good orientation to start with. Like you said before, ask yourself daily, "Yeah, has gone great rather than what has gone wrong." Right. So that is one thing. And the second thing is, uh, we tend to, uh, at least you know, that's what I've, I've observed, is that we tend to interact with other people in in the domain of what's uh, you know what utility do I? You know, can I gain from yeah. having that interaction? Right, and other than our our most immediate kind of experience with children, which tends to be unconditional. In other words, even when the child is annoying, you still love them.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> almost all our experience, even with our second half, quite often mm. is. You know, does that help me the way I want life to be or not, right? Yeah, and yeah. pulling back from that again and just seeing the the marvelous experience of being able to interact with another conscious human being and look for that connection where, wow, you know, like life is pretty cool and I, yeah. I look at it this way. How do you look at it? And what can we, you know, sort of teach each other in that sort of exchange? That is a really beautiful way to start to experience interactions with other people that not necessarily comfortable but suddenly open up the world for us to grow together to learn from each and other right- yeah
1: that's that i awesome. love that beautiful yeah. and i love what you said it's almost that sort of the map is not the territory we all see yes. <laughs> but we we have we have we have that choice um and that's something if you're listening today just I always say just pay attention to your thoughts and if you you hear that in a dialogue, that DJ in your head, you know, judging someone or, you know, speaking harshly to yourself, just take a second to flip that because most yeah. thoughts are actually beliefs, right? Yeah, yeah, but-
0: yeah. And, so- and, and uh, that's why I love this analogy so much because you can change the record yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah. are the dj you just I you're just putting DJ. records because you're used to them right yeah that's you right. can decide to change your station from something else you know from country to to classic or from classic to pop whatever whatever yeah. the, the, the ultimate question is is this way of thinking serving me the best is there another way of thinking about it because what happened happened but the way I think about it I have you know I have the capacity to curate do I play the right record for the occasion or is there another kind of music that will yeah. actually bring more benefit more happiness more expansion, more yeah. surrender more creativity more gratitude to this situation that's
1: right and get rid of the white noise just to throw yes out. <laughs> so so yeah it's we do have that power of thought and I think that's that's exciting because there's there's really no excuses not to do it I mean, we're all, we've all got a lot on, but it could be, I know for me in the car is my, you know, I'm usually listening to podcasts or on the phone. If I'm not, that mm. time that I sort of recalibrate mm. is set. So it's important to do that um, you know, with leaders at all levels and teams, as you know, mid-tier corporate. And I say that, you know, everyone is a leader because you're a leader of self before you can be a leader of others, before you can be yeah. a leader of decisions. Yeah. The whole limitless, you know, we're always learning. Yeah. I'd love to ask you, Michael, who's a leader that you admire and why?
0: Oh, <laughs> um,
1: who's someone that stands out for you?
0: Yeah, and I'm trying to think. I, I'm trying to think of someone that's that's relevant because it's easy. You know, it's easy to go to the default kind of past leaders. Yeah yeah, 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 They're amazing, but I'm trying to think of um of of a leader that is that is more current. And it's not easy, you know. I, I think one oh. of the, one of the tragedies of our time is that it seems that often in our governance systems and even in other systems, whether it's the corporate or community, the people who are able to climb to the top of the ladder, so to speak, yeah. might be very good at climbing, but not actually very good leaders. And when we look for, you look for leaders who are different... Uh, you go okay what's different about them so you know Jacinta Arden for example in New Zealand you know people can say okay well I agree with her politics or not agree with the politics but there's certain things that she has done that seems to be really kind of like the new uh, you know the new way to lead and to me it always goes back to interconnectedness to understanding that when something happened, it's not about you know that particular setup, but it's that setup and everyone else that it's benefiting or being impacted by it. You know the way that she handled, for example, that atrocity with the with the mosques and the and the shooter, oh. the Australian shooter.
1: I mean, quite uh, I'll
0: give you another example, which I saw was amazing. You know, Merkel in, in Germany, I, I, I again, I'm not necessarily saying that, you know, everyone's politics is great, but I'm saying that point where they had the refugee crisis in Europe. Yeah. And someone who's leading a nation with the history that Germany has, which for me relevant, you know, in terms of my own personal mm. sort of voyage through my family history. But but beyond that, you know, she said, we're going to take one million refugees into this country. We're going to make that very brave decision for a fabric of a country. To take that many people in, I think that's the kind of leadership because because it goes beyond what's me and what's mine and it sees humanity and it sees the interconnectedness. So so I would say that leaders who are able to to manifest that sort of experience of interconnectedness Mm. are leaders that are really kind of stand out for me. And I dare say it's interesting for me and my position as an older man and, you know, sort of like the right looks, so to speak, to be at the top of the pyramid. I think that that is a, you know, that is a quality of the feminine wisdom, this ability oh, to, to to hold the interconnectedness of everything and then yeah. ask what's right for for all of that rather than just that particular interested i'm yeah. trying to to figure that's out
1: amazing you know and i agree i'm i'm a big fan of just interagene too and mm. the way even the, just the, the the fact that when she resigned she was just up front saying i've done my bit i want to have time with my daughter you know that yeah. yeah but i think you know in the mirror in psychology they talk about people you admire usually people that have traits and qualities that you have mm. And it's an interesting thing if you're thinking out there. Who is it that I admire? And it could be anyone. I m- one of my school teachers growing up is one of mine. Mm. Richard Branson's another one. I'm I'm a you know I'm a creative real right brain thinker. So vision. I, so I just resonate with what he does and how he mm. thinks. The risks he takes. Mm. So yeah, it's it's really really interesting. And and on the flip side, they say people that we don't you know go on. Oh, I, I don't click with them. I don't connect with them. Sometimes mm. we'll have traits and qualities that we don't like about ourselves or mm. we're aware that we never want to have. So
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I always call those people, Michael, Chris Kringles. In in the gift mindset, we call a challenging situation a pass-the-parcel gift. Mm. You know what you're going to get and when.
0: Yeah. We call like
1: challenging people, Chris Kringle gifts. You know, you ask yeah. for perfume and you get socks.
0: Yeah, yeah. But
1: the Chris Kringles, I know. I had a leader many years ago, only one that wasn't great, and I remember sitting down and writing down everything this person was and did. And mm. I, I'm going to do the opposite when I get a leadership role. Uh-huh. So, a massive gift. So I yes. give, um, you know, as you've mentioned, through the good, through the bad, and I say through successes because not many successes to get there are easy. So it's those mm. obstacles. And I always say, welcome the unwelcome. I think that's mm, so mm, really Yeah, beautiful. So we have, um, before we go into our little quick we'll at the end, I'd love to ask you, what what's a favourite quote of yours? And I love you bring metaphors and stories in. Like, I love that. What's one mm. of your favourite quotes? Because there's a lot out there
0: uh yeah they are um um, and and now you're sort of putting me on the spot because most of my favorite quotes are sort of quite complicated and so i can't remember them verbatim but but i'll I'll see if i can remember this one and it's Ah. it's victor frankl right and he says in between stimulus and response there is a there is a space in that space lies our ability to choose Mm. and in that choice um uh, lies or inherent our growth and our freedom so this idea again. I mean, Viktor Frankl was a psychologist who right. went through the Holocaust. So, you know, been in concentration camp, yeah. and he realized this 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 capacity of the human mind to stop before you actually make a decision about this is how things are. Yeah. And in that space, start to look for what is the choice that will make me a bigger human being, a more expanded human being, a more enlightened human being, a more connected human being, a more kind human being. And and in that choice, in choosing that, even when it's difficult, and we we tend to think, oh, I need to be an animal here to survive. If you choose it, you know, the differently, mm. then you're able to, um, you know, you're able to to grow and to yeah. to, to be free. And 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 so I, I like 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 that particular quote I love because it encapsulates a lot of you know Beautiful. a lot of the work that I do, that but also amazing. a lot of my belief. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's aligned to you, and that's why. Yeah. I- I like asking with quotes and I think sometimes, you know, I, I, I always, a lot of the leaders we work with, I always say, have your favourite quotes, bring them up when you kick off a team, catch up mm. and go talk about that, you know, shake it up a little bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So I have got just our basic little, um all, on our Limitless Leaders podcast, we always ask you these little last questions.
0: Okay, what? that sounds uh, exciting. That's like 20
1: second um, trivia, right? Yeah, yeah, like,
0: yeah. Absolutely.
1: What is your favorite word?
0: What is my favorite word? Probably I've used it a few times, interconnectedness. Why? Because I think it, it's inherently it, it lies, it's it's inherent in everything that we are. We just yeah. don't see it, right? Like like we 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 tend to live from within a dualistic experience because we have we have a sense of I which seems to be separate from everything else, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. so we we continuously interact with our, you know, with other people, even with ourselves sometimes, but yeah. certainly with other people in our environment as if it's me versus the world, right? Mm. But if you actually look at any level, the psychological level, the, the you know, the physics of it, everything is kind of interconnected mm-hmm. and it's on a vibrational level, very much, um, you know, a part of who you are. Yeah. Uh, if you look around, you know, like uh, you, you look around the room that yes. you're sitting in and you start to think of the number of people who were in some way involved yes. in creating your present moment experience, the yes. chair that you're sitting on, the walls around you, the computers that was built, the people who are, are you know, the people who work at the um, electric electricity commission, mm-hmm. who provides the electric for you so you can do that conversation. Yeah there's millions of people who have come together in some way to facilitate your present moment experience. They're connected to your present moment experience and it wouldn't happen if they didn't do their job. Right. Or space, like, like the, you know, we tend to think that we're very solid because we operate in that sort I'm of, not. <laughs> you know, through, well, we're not right. Like really? apparently this is fascinating. Apparently if you take all the actual matter, right. In, all the whole um, planet right and you somehow sucked out of it you know the space between the atoms and all that Mm -hmm. and you just ended up with pure matter there's about that much matter in the whole of you know in the whole of all the rest of it is this you know vibrations and tensions and and Mm -hmm. powers forces that are holding things together but there's not a lot there, right? Yeah. So That space, it you know, we connected through I love psychologically. That. We yeah. already discussed we connected, so interconnected. I think connectedness oh, is this the is beautiful
1: this, word. My Ground connected. level. Mind's connection and yours is so very similar. Yeah, so,
0: very similar. Yeah.
1: But I love, I love that, and I love that what you said. You know, that's a really good way to go into gratitude if you're feeling like you can't find anything to be grateful for think about how everything has come to be that's surrounding you. Like, wow. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. I love yeah. that. What is your favourite sound?
0: What's my favourite sound? I'd uh, I I, I I'd say probably hearing my children laugh. Yeah,
1: gorgeous. <laughs> it's a...
0: Yeah. There's, I, there's there's almost i can't think of something that's more joyful as a person for myself right but mm-hmm. laughter in general i think is is, is
1: contagious i love laughing. oh it's Especially amazing when you get into a belly <laughs> laugh i did the other week with a friend and we just yeah. stopped laughing but the only thing i have i don't know if it's actually a um a condition but once i get laughing i'm gone for about four hours <laughs> yeah I
0: just, I
1: just can't i just can't bring it back i love yeah. that yeah um as you know, I'm a passionate cook, so this is a question. If you had one last meal, what would it be?
0: Oh, uh, one last meal. That's an interesting one. Why is it hard to choose? It's hard to choose because if it's, yeah, it's the one last time I'll eat that particular thing out of everything
1: you're probably thinking you're probably not hungry
0: (laughs) uh yeah i'm no i've just said lunch before we we started um uh probably probably a good cup of coffee
1: (laughs) yeah i'm with you there i call it a hug in a mug you
0: know like it's it doesn't matter if i'm hungry or not so i might as well have something that's that's got that quality you know that that sort of yeah
1: yeah i love i love that (laughs) and my last question what profession other than your own would you attempt
0: Oh teacher with yeah. uh, like if i knew if i knew at a younger age mm-hmm. what i know now about about myself about what you know what makes me alive what brings me joy mm-hmm. the idea of working with with you know young minds and yeah. young hearts yeah. and just providing uh, uh, providing them the background to find themselves without actually interfering and and projecting and you know sort of trying to mold them just holding space for those because that that intelligence again that intelligence is natural it comes from you want to call it the divine you want to call it consciousness or whatever until until we screw it up it is very wholesome and very pure and so just being able to sort of um, um, be a background to that hold a space for that provide the the you know the learning pathways <laughs> that to sort of grow and expand the yeah. most holy job that i think one yeah. can do yeah it's
1: amazing but you're doing that like me with adults right but i know what you're saying if some if if we could share the things we know now with our younger selves such as kids yeah they're willing and they're open and they're at that level to to absorb it it's it's yeah. quite profound so, absolutely
0: and sorry if i may say it yeah. because it's an important point you know we are at the point in our collective evolution that has never been there before because for the Mm -hmm. first time in our history the impact of what we do from one generation to the next are really going to determine you know like like what quality of life what is the future of life for us as a species i'm not worried about the planet but for us as a species right And, (laughs) and so and so it's a really interesting point, because all of us who are slightly more conscious of that interconnectedness, mm. and especially in the older generation, we are called to be in service of that next generation, yeah. because they're going to have to deal with the shitstorm that we are bequeathing them. Yeah. And so yeah. how do I do that? How do I nurture and encourage leadership that is wise in that next generation is probably the most important yeah. kind of element that we can look for. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Definitely. So um, Michael, thank you. This has been, I can't believe we've gone oh, for nearly you. an hour. It has flown, which is, I always say when you're in flow, things fly, <laughs> when you're in yeah. flow, things fly, which is awesome. Um, so how do people find you? Oh, it's system. it's pretty easy
0: yeah. um positive neuroplasticity is the model that i i work with it's a slightly cumbersome uh expression but the word positive the word neuroplasticity yeah. so my my instagram uh tag is positive in neuroplasticity you can find me on linkedin uh under mindfulness coaching that's the handle yeah. for my linkedin uh, profile and, and you can check my my website
1: yeah
0: uh, which is happyhabits.com.au
1: yeah, perfect. You can
0: reach out and please do reach out. I, I feel, yeah. you know, like like the, the best gift in life is connecting with other people. We talked about that, right? Yeah, and so if you have a question, if you want to ask something, if you want to connect, reach out. I'd love that.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. And we'll we'll have um Michael's um reach out details, his resources, um, under under this post, whether you're watching it or listening to it. So yeah. thanks again, Michael, for for thank being you. on the Limitless Leaf yeah. podcast. Thank you for everyone that's been out there listening. Um, just really quickly before I end this and air quotes, you won't be able to see this if you're listening. We've just released a team communication game about appreciating diversity of thoughts and ideas called mm-hmm. Two Sides in Two Minutes. Um, my colleague, Shelly Fled and I have birthed this game together. Um, so it's four teams. It's a fun game. It's a way that you can, you know, share your thoughts on an idea two and four and get feedback on that. So it's about feedback, it's about communication, and it's about really creating, you'd like this, Michael, that flexibility of thought in really mm. seeing both sides to something. So, two number two sides in two minutes.com.au is the website, and we have a. um a communication, collaborative communication um, program that sits around the game and a new white paper out as well. So, yeah, as always, thank you for listening. If you've got any guests you'd like us to have on the show, maybe you, or any topics, let us know. Otherwise, enjoy your day or night from wherever you're chiming in.
0: You've been listening to Limitless Leaders podcast, leading from the inside out to develop limitless self-leadership, leaders, teams, and organizations. To find out how you can accelerate your mindset, your communication, collaboration, and connection to become a limitless leader, sign up for our Limitless Leaders podcast series at www.ReneeJeruso.com forward slash podcast series. That's ReneeJeruso.com forward slash podcast series.